<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. And welcome to the Water Cooler, everybody. Glad you're with us. I'm David Brody. Glad you're along for the ride. It is Thursday, April 8, 2021, and we begin with a royal executive order announcement from King Biden. Hear ye, hear ye, please, attention, everyone. There it is. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, of this fair land, by the way. King, I mean Joe Biden, added again. Six more executive orders today, bringing the total to 44 in less than 80 days in office. Now, I got a C plus in math, but I think I have this one figured out. That's basically an average of one executive order every two days. That's close to my record, by the way, of a pint of ice cream every day and a half, FYI. Today, it was all about guns. Biden directing the Justice Department to crack down on ghost guns. Those are guns basically made from scratch. They're hard to trace, and they currently don't require a background check. Other executive actions include new rules that would put pistols that have a stabilizing brace under requirements of the National Firearms Act. So there's going to be a few more, or there were a few more as well. We're going to have more on that in a moment. Also today, Democrat Joe Manchin, he makes Malcolm in the middle look like small potatoes. Democrats need him if they want to end the legislative filibuster and pass tons of their socialist utopia laws. But Manchin isn't budging from his belief that ending the filibuster is a bad idea we're going to explore. Plus, controversy in Arkansas. The state legislature has overturned a veto by the Republican governor on transgender medical procedures. That means, translation, anyone in the transgender community can now go and get chemical castration, or excuse me, cannot go and get chemical castration surgery or hormone therapy. We're going to unpack all of that. Also today, did you see that video of the pastor in Canada who threw the police out of his church after officers came in responding to alleged COVID concerns? I don't care what you have to say. Out! Out! Out of this property, you Nazis! Out? That's what they tell us after the water cooler we taped. Out! Get out of the studio! Folks, this is insane stuff. Pastor Brian Gibson's going to be here to weigh in on the COVID crazy world that we live in and what it means for people of faith. But first, Biden and guns. The president made the announcement about these executive orders in the Rose Garden this morning. Despite the crackdown on guns, he says this is in no way an infringement on the Second Amendment. Nothing, nothing I'm about to recommend in any way impinges on the Second Amendment. There are phony arguments suggesting that these are Second Amendment rights at stake from what we're talking about. But no amendment, no amendment to the Constitution is absolute. You can't yell crowd, you can't yell fire in a crowded movie theater. We call a freedom of speech. From the very beginning, you couldn't own any weapon you wanted to own. From the very beginning of the Second Amendment existed, certain people weren't allowed to have weapons. So the idea is just bizarre to suggest that some of the things we're recommending are contrary to the Constitution. 
got to give him credit that he wasn't napping during that uh, speech. Uh, let's get some reaction to that speech and what happened today at the White House. With us now is Teresa Mole, editor of Gunpowder Magazine. Teresa, great to have you back on. Yeah, it's great to be here. Yeah, so in reaction to that, I'd like to um, just start out by pointing out to your viewers that there's been a curious and I would say calculated shift in language surrounding guns and gun control. Whenever Biden was running for president, he actually released an 11-page gun control plan, which is now being referred to as gun violence uh, prevention. So what you see what the Democrats are doing here is associating guns with violence. And also, if you're against dismantling the Second Amendment, which this gun control plan would do, you are, you know, they can easily label you as somebody who is pro-gun violence. <laughs> so that's just an interesting shift in the language that the Democrats are so masterful at doing, you know, manipulating words to uh, to attack their opponents. But no, this is gun control plan and something. No, that's a, that's a great point uh, and something that I'm glad you pointed out at the top. So uh, I'm curious about this Second Amendment uh, language by Biden today. He said uh, nothing he announced today impinges on the Second Amendment. I mean, what, how does he square that? What is he talking about exactly? That's always difficult to figure out exactly what Biden is talking about. I'm not sure he knows himself. And I found it interesting that he said this in no way infringes on the Second Amendment, but also amendments are not absolute. So he kind of um, contradicted himself there as he does so often. But of course this infringes on the Second Amendment. It prevents people from keeping and bearing arms. These are law-abiding citizens who want to protect themselves. And all these laws do, as all gun control laws do, is target people who are seeking to obey the laws. You know, um, he mentioned background checks. We've had background checks in place for Ever, and we still have mass shootings. In fact, the Colorado shooter, which is something Biden left out of his speech, actually passed a background check. So, and we have um, dozens of examples of our most deadly and most recent shooters, mass shooters, passed a background check because they don't work. So he's just trying to infringe on the rights of law-abiding Americans, um, make it more difficult for them to get guns and to defend themselves. And of course, criminals don't care about these laws and uh, none of these uh, mandates, these executive actions are gonna do anything to prevent violence. Yeah, and one, one of those executive orders happened to be about ghost guns. What can you tell us about these ghost guns? Uh, what are they, makeshift guns that don't have a serial number? Are they they're harder to track or what? That's the way the media is explaining it. What, what's the deal on that? Right. Well, the media is, um, you know, professionals at spreading <laughs> lies and misinformation about many things, but guns especially. Um, they seem to make a specialty of it. So the thing about ghost guns is that they are guns that you can build at home. It's illegal to manufacture and sell them, but it is legal on the ATF website right now to make these yourself. They don't have serial numbers on them, but you're allowed to make them for, you know, at home for yourself. Um, I would like to point out that it's already illegal for felons to, to possess guns and to possess ghost guns and to build them themselves. So all this is doing is punishing people who, who want to um, do this at home themselves who are not felons. So you know, if a felon does build a ghost gun, he's already a felon. He's already not allowed to have a gun. So this isn't really doing anything. It's just adding another felony to somebody who's already a criminal. So yeah, uh, yeah. yeah it's, it's just punishing people who want to obey the law and making it more difficult for them to do something that they should be able to do and is their constitutional right to do. One last question. I'm going to have to uh, kind of research this a little bit more. But Biden said something today that uh, from the beginning, as in the beginning of our country, you couldn't own any weapon you wanted to own. And I'm trying to like, 
what was there like background checks for uh, you know the Revolutionary Army? I, I'm a little confused as to what he's trying to say there. I didn't get what he was saying. Yeah, I didn't get what he was saying either. Um, yeah, I'm I'm stumped just like you are. I mean, there have not been background checks until you know pretty recently, mm -hmm. and um, we didn't have these mass shooting problems. You know, people could have cannons; they could have whatever they wanted back in the day. You know, we. We fought the Revolutionary War with a private, with, you know, militia members, people who rose up arms and defeated the British. So um, they yeah. weren't passing background checks. Who would even, you know, have um, implemented those background checks? Or, you know, we we didn't have these crazy liberal Democrats back then, so there was not gun control. <laughs> That's right. Bring your musket over here. I want to get a musket check on aisle seven. All right, Teresa Mull, uh, good to see you. Thanks so much. Really appreciate you. Editor of Gunpowder Magazine. Love to have Therese on the show. Uh, she provides some uh, sanity in the conversation. Uh, and, and look, if, if the Democrats are going to pass gun control, uh, what they really want to do, and I'm talking about legislation now, because uh, these executive orders, they can go away with the next president. But from a legislative standpoint, what they really want to do is end the legislative filibuster. If they can do that, then they got 50 votes. That's all they need is Democrats. They don't need any Republicans. They can pass not just gun control, but they can pass H.R. 1 and the Equality Act. and. Uh, immigration for uh, uh, everything under the sun. But uh, yesterday, Senator Joe Manchin published an op-ed uh, called this, I will not vote to eliminate or weaken the filibuster. This is what he said. This is Democrat Joe Manchin. The filibuster is a critical tool to protecting that input and our democratic form of government. That is why I have said it before and I'll say it again to remove any shred of doubt. There is no circumstance in which I will vote to eliminate or weaken the filibuster. The time has come to end these political games and to usher a new era of bipartisanship where we find common ground on the major policy debates facing our nation. Why do we bring that up in relation to gun control? As I just said, the filibuster is key to all of this. If, if Democrats want gun control legislation, they'll have, to, they'll have to end the legislative filibuster. Here's the deal. Joe Manchin is standing in their way. Now, let's be clear. There were Democrats for a long time, Dianne Feinstein, Dick Durbin, there were others who never wanted to end the legislative filibuster. Now, all of a sudden, they're like, you know what? Let's end the legislative filibuster. Why not? But Joe Manchin is one that is not going to do it. He says he's not going to do it. We're going to find out. So let me get this straight. So here we are in America today. The liberals are ready to go uh, crazy with all of this, uh, all of their utopia socialist type bills that they want to make laws. And it's Joe Manchin, Joe Manchin, the Democrat from West Virginia that is standing in the way of all of this. That's what it's come down to. Don't look at Schumer. Don't look at McConnell. Don't look at anything. Joe Manchin, he's the guy that is in essence controlling the direction of America. That's not hyperbole. That's not an overstatement. That is a fact. We're back in a moment talking transgender surgeries and chemical castration in Arkansas. Back in a moment. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. I'm going to say these words, so get ready. Chemical castration. 
there. I said it. Uh, and actually, uh, that's exactly what uh, many uh, transgender folks in this country uh, want, uh, and they are denied that, in essence, uh, with this new Arkansas law that is out there. It's uh, been popping all this week. It's been making some news at the water cooler, if you will. Arkansas, the first state to ban gender-affirming treatments for trans youth. For example, chemical castration and also hormone therapy therapy and quite a few other things as well. Uh, so, so I want to talk about this with uh, Kena Gonzalez, uh, Director uh, of State and Local Affairs for the Family Research Council. Kena, always uh, good to see you, sir. It's great to be on your show. Well, Kena, take us through this because this is a Republican governor that, that vetoed the bill, which I think surprised some folks, or maybe, I don't know if it was a surprise, uh, but I think some folks thought that Asa Hutchinson uh, would would support it, but he didn't. And then, of course, the veto override, and now it is going to be law in Arkansas. So explain the, the particulars here. Uh, the law is very simple. Uh, House Bill 1570 is known as the SAFE Act. Its long name is Save Adolescents from Experimentation Act, and that's exactly what the law does. It protects minors in Arkansas from experimental, off-label gender transition procedures that even the Arkansas Children's Hospital admits on its website are permanent. It protects uh, taxpayers or insurance companies from being forced to fund these procedures on minors. And it gives minors who have been permanently disfigured and or sterilized by such procedures the right to recover damages. It's a pretty simple law. Yeah, it, it sounds very simple, and yet uh, the governor, Asa Hutchinson, has issues with it. And I guess one of the issues is government should, what, stay out of these type of affairs, that this should be between doctors and patients? And I'm thinking to myself, well, well wait a minute. I mean, wh what about lots of, we legislate morality all the time. We legislate these type of things all the time, especially as it relates to teenagers. I'm not quite tracking with what he's saying. What's your take? Yeah, I'm not really sure either. We had discussions with the governor, and I know that others did as well. It's not really clear what the real objection is here, because it seemed to have moved around quite a bit uh, during those discussions. But I will say this, that you're absolutely right. We do, in fact, have laws on the books. It's not legal in, uh, in any state for a minor to drive a car, to take certain drugs, to drink, to purchase or smoke cigarettes, um, as the Arcan as the uh, as Senator, I'm sorry, as Representative Lundstrom, the primary author on this bill, pointed out on the floor in defending the bill, you can't even take an infant home from the hospital without having a car seat properly installed first. And in Arkansas, children, minors, are not allowed to purchase laws that, that restrict what children can do, what minors can do. And this bill seeks to protect minors from a decision that needs to be made as an adult. It has no effect beyond the age of 18. At 18 years old, uh, uh, an adult, a young adult in Arkansas can make their own decisions. But under this bill, under this act, they are protected from being pressured and from having uh, gender transition procedures foisted on them before they're adults and before they're ready to make adult decisions. Well, and, and Kena, this is a whole new area of uh, science and, and, and uh, uh, exploration, if you will, experimentation. We're, we're, uh, what, what are some of the studies su suggesting on this? Because I, I know there's a mental health issue attached to this as well in terms of it not being good for kids. Uh, 
but, but you just wonder exactly what the data and the science is on this too. The science on this is really sparse. This is a newly emerging area and there are not good long-term studies that show us what the long-term effects on people's lives will be, especially as we talk more and more recently about transitioning children at younger and younger ages. <clears throat> you may be aware that uh, at the Tavistock Center in the United Kingdom, uh, a, an inquiry into the practices there has turned up just in the last year that some of these procedures were being done on children under the age of 13, as young as three years old. We really have no long-term studies to show what effect that will have, but the studies we do have are not encouraging. Well, isn't that the point all along? Another reason to not veto the bill? In other words, to, 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 to have this bill made into law because uh, the jury is still out in terms of exactly what this might do, then, then why would you not say, hey, we're going to put this in place and even until we find out more information about this because right now it could be very, very dangerous for children. That's right. But the evidence, the evidence that we do have is really not good for gender transition procedures yeah. on minors. In Sweden, Sweden followed for 30 years everyone in Sweden who had undergone uh, gender transition surgery. So they had kind of gone the full way into this and they found no appreciable uh, help, uh, health uh, 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 benefits for those, for those individuals. In fact, they found some alarming things. The rate of suicide among, of completed suicide among those individuals remained at 19 times higher than the general population and this is in Sweden, where, where it's, a, it's a very progressive atmosphere. There's no sort of stigma uh, associated with this. So the, what very little evidence we do have is very, very alarming. And that's why we have so many doctors and psychiatrists and endocrinologists come out and testify for this bill and against the veto. I guess we're going to go into speculative uh, territory here as we wrap up, but this wokeology, it makes me think a little bit about these woke corporations. You wonder how much pressure the governor uh, and his staff came under from uh, whether it be uh, Walmart and some of these other companies that are in uh, Arkansas because, you know, they probably wanted him to make sure that the, he came out on, the, on what they consider the right side of this from a political correctness standpoint. I wonder if that wasn't at play. I guess we're, ne we're not going to know. It's hard to know. It's certainly true that the Walton Family Foundation put out a statement uh, condemning the bill and clearly misunderstanding it. And it's no secret that the governor uh, would like to be uh, would like to uh, move to the board at some point. And so one does wonder what role that might have played. Close observers will see that in the uh, interviews that the governor has done on this even this week, he's been very careful in his wording to say that he has not spoken to yeah. anyone anymore. But of course, you and I know that doesn't mean they haven't communicated with him or his staff. For sure. Kana Gonzalez, a Director of State and Local Affairs at the Family Research Council. Thanks for being here. Great insight. Pleasure. All right. Uh, and, and, and obviously a, a, an important topic. Uh, and it's more than just a topic. It's, it's part of the cultural wars that we're seeing out there. You know, this started back in the day, 20 years, 25 years ago, with civil unions, and it became same-sex marriage, and now we're into chemical castration. Folks, what we talked about for a very long time. Back in a moment. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. <laughs> I'm already laughing. I shouldn't laugh. It's not funny uh, because, you know, we talk about COVID and we talk about uh, religious liberty, which is under attack in all of this COVID craziness that we're seeing out there. But I'm laughing because this pastor in Canada, have you heard about him? A Calgary pastor calls police Nazis for doing COVID check over Easter weekend. I, and I'm laughing because, you know what? I'm going to say this straight up. I don't care. Good for him. Good for him. He kicked the police out of the church. We've got a little bit of the video. Take a look. I don't care what you have to say. Out. Out. Out of this property, you Nazis. <laughs> out. Get out. You know what? Let's bring in <laughs> Pastor Brian Gibson, uh, who, of course, is a founder of Peaceably uh, Gather. Uh, Pastor Gibson, good to see you. <laughs> good to see you again, sir. Hey, it's, it's great to see you, David. And I just got to say, first and foremost, I love that pastor. And uh, I want to I get him over to speak at my, my church very, very quickly. This guy's got guts. He knows his rights. And uh, he looks like Jesus driving out the money changers right there, David. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he, he's got to be related. I saw that video. I said, he's got to be related to Pastor Gibson because that would be you in Canada. You know that would be you in Canada. A hundred percent. I think he's I think he may be Polish. So I don't know if we're yes. close connected. But I think somewhere back there, we got some similar DNA. So yeah. hats off to that pastor. Man, I love him. We stand with him. And here's the thing. Uh, okay, it's in Canada, but uh, newsflash, uh, if this could be done here, and by the way, they're trying to do that type of stuff here. As a matter of fact, we've seen this here. Uh, you know, it's going to get worse and worse. And I'm very concerned about how COVID has just really been kind of a test run for what could really be coming in the future in terms of the uh, government overreach, uh, especially as it relates to the church. Your take? Yeah, 100%. That could be here. Uh, I believe Canadians have a charter right for the freedom of religion. I think they call it their charter rights there. Uh, but you watch, it's a nation that's been softened, even past where ours is, by the liberal agenda. They're years ahead of us with the same kind of thought that has plagued Europe. And now it's slowly creeping into America. What was... 15 days to stop the spread or to stop the curve has become 400 days to make the minds mush in Americans and make us compliant little sheep. So unless we begin to push back, unless we start to have the same spirit that this Canadian pastor has, that's exactly what will come to the church, David. Uh, so I just wonder if we still have the metal in the pulpit, if we still have uh, the backbone in the church in America to stand against this kind of religious tyranny. You come into a church on Easter Sunday and you're trying to intimidate and threaten, or, or I think maybe this was Passover weekend, the weekend before, uh, whichever one it was, that's overstepping um, people's rights. And come on, the church ought to be loud or, or we're going to end up in a real arm bar with more trouble than we could ever imagine. Well, listen, uh, you're, you're a positive guy. I am too, but you kind of hinted at something, which is the concern you have among uh, the parishioners and, and honestly, even in the pulpit, of pastors stepping up and saying, being like that guy in Canada, saying, no, we're not going to tolerate that. I, you just wonder, do, do, do you, are, 
I know you're concerned about the backbone here. Uh, I, I, I got to be honest with you. If there's no backbone, then you can say goodbye to religious freedom in this country. Yeah, you can. It's it's a hard press against religious freedom, especially under the Biden administration. You can see how this just went through the roof so, so quick, so fast. It's an agenda. It's being shoved down our throat. And uh, you just watch the compliance. America was built on non-compliance. That's what we're built on. It's a part of our DNA. It's who we are. But you watch over over the, the grooming in the school systems. You watch what the media has done in America, the fear. We, we, we've taken Americans and we've made them so compliant. And now there's even a fake view of who Jesus was. Uh, so the left and the leftist, anybody out there that wants to make you just uh, bow down and kneel and let people do whatever they want to to you, they'll look at the church and they'll say, you're not nice. Mm-hmm. Well, I've got news for you. Nice is not a fruit of the spirit. Kindness is. Kindness means a moral uprightness. And I can point to many times in the scriptures where Jesus was not nice, yet he was kind. And I think America needs to know that meek doesn't mean being pushed over. Meek means having power, but being under control. And so I'm telling you, I'm looking for some lions in America. Uh, You know, Jesus isn't just a lamb. He's also a lion. And if we're going to preserve religious freedom, the time is now. If we're going to preserve any kind of our freedoms, right? Uh, personal choice, uh, not being told where you can go or when you can go. The time is now to stand up. Yeah. And along comes yeah. the Biden administration in the Equality Act. I want to put up a couple of these uh, headlines. We've talked about the Equality Act before uh, the Heritage Foundation saying this, the Equality Act would cancel religious freedom. And then there's other headlines. This from the Religion News Service, why the Equality Act is no big threat to religious freedom. Really? Let's get Mark Silk there. I just saw it. Mark Silk. Let's get him on the on the line, Madison. Let's see if we can get him on the show. Anyhow, what, what do you make of what's happening in terms of religious freedom inside the Equality Act? Was that the anti-religious news service? I yeah, just saw their name. Possibly, that, yeah. That's not the, any religious news service. Here's the deal. The Equality Act would be better titled the Inequality Act, or, or it could be the Anti-Girls Sports Act, the Anti-Christian Act, the Anti-Jewish Act, or the Anti-Muslim Act, because what it does is it strips down everyone's rights and makes them subservient to the rights of the LGBTQ community. Uh, You know, girls can't play sports and have sports without having a boy who's had tests surging through their system competing against them. Christians can no longer define marriages between one man and one woman according to the scriptures. Orthodox Jews can no longer have worship services where the men sit on one side of the synagogue and the women on the other. Uh, The Orthodox have a theology where a man that's not married to a woman cannot touch a woman, right? And the Muslims have very similar views uh, on on that idea. So this isn't just touching the evangelical community. This is going after religion as a whole. And I'll tell you why they want to do that. It's because the person that's committed to their faith is not easy to control. You look at the groups that are targeted by the leftists right now. They're free-thinking. They're strong people, they're powerful people, and they're people that can be um, someone who pushes back against their agenda. Mm-hmm. So you watch, they're coming, they're coming after the middle class community right now. They're coming after the religious community right now. They want to strip you of your power, strip you of your wealth, strip you of your ability because you cause an obstacle to them. And so if it's not you today, once they take their other opponents out, it'll be you next. Pastor Brian Gibson, uh, founder of Peaceably Gather. Uh, Preach it. Preach it. Uh, Really appreciate your time. Thank you, sir.
Thanks, David. Yeah. Bless you. And I got the thumbs up at the end. Did you see that? By the way, that's not hyperbole. Uh, what, what he's saying, you might say, oh, he's a pastor. He's throwing out words. No, he's not throwing out words. Not throwing out words. All right. Uh, coming back, uh, when, when we come back, uh, uh, a book about biblical masculinity. <laughs> I wrote a book about me. <laughs> no, just kidding. Back in a moment. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. Uh, boy, I mean, this show has been uh, kind of chock full of information uh, on guns and, and, and transgender surgeries. Hey, we'll do anything here at the Water Cooler. Uh, you, know, you know what this, uh, well, the show is missing right now is uh, talk about biblical masculinity. Uh, and we've got that covered uh, with our next guest, uh, Dr. Tim Clinton, uh, the author of a new book called Take It Back, Reclaiming Biblical Masculinity, the Heart and Strength of Being a Man. He's also, by the way, president of the American Association of Christian Counselors, oh, run-on sentence, and the host of The Road Forward on Real America's Voice, Dr. Tim Clinton, joining us now. Uh, Tim, always great to see you. you. We've been friends for a while. David, you look marvelous and love what you're doing. You know that. Well, thank you. And uh, if we could just replay, that's going to be my new ringtone. You look marvelous. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, you've given me my new ringtone. I'll just keep on playing that on loop. Uh, all right, so tell us about the book, Tim, because uh, this is uh, much needed in our, in our country uh, for men to man up, if you will. You know, you know what, David? Um, men, uh, goodness, the, everywhere you turn, they're getting beat up, beat yeah. down. They're regarded basically as buffoons. Um, porn addicts, uh, horrible fathers, terrible in their relationships, especially their marriages and more. And David, it's not what I'm seeing. Uh, I'm seeing something com uh, completely different. When you're out there on the landscape and you, you hear from uh, a lot of men, it's like they care about what's going on. They care about how they're doing as a dad. Matter of fact, I, I asked a man recently and just said, hey, how you, how you doing as a dad? You know what he looked at me and said, David? Tim, I think about it every day. Um, and so when you when you begin to see that and what's happening in the media and more, it's like, good night. Come on. Let's take this to a whole new place. We don't need <laughs> to get rid of men and masculinity. We need men to step into this moment and to, quote, go back to what it means to really be a man the way God wants us to function in this in this life, in this society. Mm -hmm. So when you say take it back, you're referring, therefore, to their, their role in society and, and the way God intended men to, to behave and to be? Yeah, let's take back the narrative, first of all, David, that men, quote, are toxic and bad. Let's right. get rid of that garbage out there. You know that? I mean, if you, you, you figure it this way. The media has to take out men in order to wipe out the family so they can accomplish the narrative they're really wanting to accomplish. But at the end of the day, most of even the women that I talk to, they love the men in their life, David. They want, they want men to step up and into this moment. They, they, they appreciate their sons. They appreciate their dads, uh, their spouses. They appreciate the men, uh, co-workers that they have. They don't see men uh, as being lost and insane. Sure, there are men out there who have blown it. There are men who have given up uh, territory. They've made mistakes and more. But even to those men who are wrestling, the challenge here is a book of encouragement. It's like, hey, listen, let's take a deep breath. Let's step into a new place. Let's try to figure out what it really means to make a difference, 
from this day forward. And David, can you imagine what would happen if men would step it up and into this moment? I mean, it would change everything. Uh, 100% it would. What's the, blue, what's the blueprint, Tim? What's the, what's the uh, battle plan? How, how, do, how do men get there? Uh, men want to get there, uh, I think, deep down, but uh, there's a lot of roadblocks in the way. So, so how, do, how do they go about doing that? You know, part of it, David, just starts with simply this, knowing that men matter. I mean, the research is clear. You get out there and you look at the research on fathering. Go to the National Center for Fathering just for a moment, and you look at um, what 92% of Americans really believe that men make unique contributions uh, in the life of their son or, and or daughter. And yes, that's for good and bad, but they have profound influence on them. Uh, David, just simple things. For example, while uh, involved moms can, quote, stave off a teen's sexual activity, dads, according to the research, have twice the influence. 76% of teen girls said that their dad influenced their decision on whether or not they were going to be sexually active before marriage. And watch this, even more in terms of research. Fatherless daughters have a 92% chance um, of being or failing in their marriages. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Fatherless daughters have a 92% chance of failing in their own relationships with men. I mean, do men matter? Of course they matter, David, more than you even imagine. And then there's the difference between strength and bullying, being a bully and being strong. And there's a biblical uh, viewpoint, a, a biblical model for that. Uh, can, can you talk a little bit about the difference? Because some men think that uh, shouting more or being the loudest voice in the room uh, projects strength, but we know that's not the case at all. And I think that's where the American Psychological Association and others confuse something here, David. There's a difference between toxic behavior and masculinity. Mm -hmm. They want to merge the two of them together. Hey, as a counselor, uh, I work with people who are on the receiving end of someone's anger. Uh, I work with people who are on the receiving end of someone's shouting. Uh, David, I work with people who are on the receiving end of someone's violence or abuse. I understand that. And David, I want to say this, that's not the norm. You hear what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And and then to, to characterize characterize men, all men, as bad and needing reprogrammed or something. Hey, if you're a male, you're bad. You're over in this box. That's not where I'm. David, my dad yeah. was probably the kindest man I've ever met. He was a World War II vet, one of Tom Brokaw's, you know, greatest generation guys. Yeah. Uh, my dad was a pastor. You know what my dad did? My dad loved us. My dad loved my mother. He loved my five sisters uh, deeply. He loved my two brothers. He stood <laughs> tall. He taught us. He gave gifts to me that my mother couldn't give to me. You know, the modern day um, mindset is let's feminize men. Let's teach them. Again, let's reprogram them. No, no, no. We don't need less masculinity. Yeah. We need more. And the model man is Christ. You know, in, in my Christian faith, I look to the Lord. What was he like? I look at, I look at the life of someone like David. David uh, wrote poetry. Uh, he had a dear friend in Jonathan. He uh, danced before the Lord. He led the mighty warriors. He stood strong when he needed to and more. He was able to fight for and stand strong with this. You, you get where I'm going. Absolutely, absolutely. As we wrap up here, we've got 30 seconds or so, but this, I'm thinking about Trump a little bit because, look, uh, he's got warts like you wouldn't believe. And jo join the crowd, by the way. We all have warts. But here's the thing. One thing I think that women uh, that supported Trump liked about him is that they saw some strength in there. Uh, and, and, yes, he had faults and he had warts. I'm not talking about the stuff that, you know, we would all want him to be better at. But... I do think uh, that there's a strength component that I think women 
uh, want to see a strong man. I've got 25 you know, seconds. You know, and I was amazed at um, in watching the president, and that was um, the love he received from his family. That doesn't just happen. There has to be something inside there that matters. When you see Ivanka, look at her dad, the way she did in terms of honored him and the rest of them. David, that, that's a big time statement. Tim Clinton, really appreciate your time. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks, David. Bless you. All right. Uh, a very important book on biblical masculinity. Notice the difference. It's not a book on masculinity. Biblical masculinity. That's the key model in all of this. And success, too. Back in a moment. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome back to The Water Cool, everybody. I'm looking around. Sorry, I'm distracted. You know why? i got to find the mug because it's time for Let's All Say It Together. That's goofy. The last sip. Um, Joe Biden. You know, he's a walking last sip. <laughs> I mean, listen, we could literally do Joe Biden uh, analysis every single day and have a bit of uh, fun or maybe some sad fun, if you know what I'm saying. Anyhow, he was at it again today. Uh, there's so many things to unpack with what he said about these executive orders uh, relating to the Second Amendment and guns. He said it's not going to infringe or impinge on the Second Amendment, really. Give me a break. But that's a separate last sip. Here's something he said that I wanted to play for you that had to do with the Lord, <laughs> the Lord coming down and something about guns. Here it is. And we should also eliminate gun manufacturers from the immunity they receive from the Congress. You realize, again, the people here, because they're so knowledgeable on here in the Rose Garden, but what well, piece the people don't realize the only industry in America, a billion-dollar industry, that can't be sued, has exempt from being sued, are gun manufacturers. Imagine how different it would be had that same exemption been available to tobacco companies who knew, who knew and lied about the danger they were causing, the cancer caused and the like. Imagine where we'd be. But this is the only outfit that is exempt from being sued. If I get one thing on my list, the Lord came down and said, Joe, you get one of these, give me that one. Because I tell you what, there would be a come to the Lord moment these folks would have real quickly. But they're not. They're not. They're exempt. <laughs> I'm sorry. So let me get this straight. If the Lord came down, Joe Biden would go after gun manufacturers. He would ask the Lord to go after gun manufacturers. That, that, that's at the top of his list. Okay, so I have a few things on my list. Uh, gun manufacturers, uh, cracking down on them, not necessarily at the top of my list. Uh, World Peace probably be there. Uh, uh, possibly a, a few, few other things. And Joe, by the way, while you're at it, 
How about at the top of your list, um, maybe knocking some sense into Joe Manchin and having him support the legislative filibuster? I mean, wouldn't that be at the top of your list? Because guess what? Then you can have your socialist utopia. That's what you want. That's what AOC uh, wants. So why is that not at the top of your Lord list? Back in a moment. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? or the friends you find along the way. Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more, but you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Everybody into the show. Normally I say Anna Perez joining us now, but it's an Anna Free Thursday. Uh, I don't know what you get for that. I don't know if there's a coupon, maybe a two-for-one. Hey, I'm all into two-for-one coupons, by the way. But instead, uh, we have the well, – uh, what's the adjective I want to use about Joe Weber? The uh, studious, the uh, infatigable Joe Weber uh, from JustTheNews.com, uh, editor over there. Joe, always good to see you, sir. Likewise. Otherwise known as Anna's fill-in. <laughs> all right oh goodness i don't even know where to begin all right how about this some good news for illegal uh immigrants there in new york state uh, good for them uh, well, explain what's going on joe if you live in new york right the <laughs> legislature just approved a 2.1 billion dollar package uh for a sort of stimulus uh covid relief that includes a fit one time $15,600 payment for illegal immigrants who lost their job uh, during the pandemic. Two things that are interesting about this. This is the biggest such package in the, in the entire United States. Think about how California, the size of California, their package, they have a similar one too. So it's not particularly new, but theirs is only $75 million. And what's further interesting, I think, about this is you just see how sort of quote-unquote progressive politics or the progressive wing of the Democratic Party has really just sort of pulled um, the way things go over in up in New York. Um, if I just have one quick second, there was interesting that when Cyrus Vance Jr. said that he was not going to seek another term as a um, attorney general is up there, what happened, or the prosecutor, was that they said that the person who gets reelected to him, as you know, he was in charge of the Trump Organization tax uh, situation. They said that that might not even continue because the public there's just pretty not interested in that kind of stuff anymore. It's no longer about taking down a big Wall Street tycoon and becoming, yeah. you know, uh, Justice Department um, attorney general or, you know, governor of New York. They're more interested in progressive politics. Me too. Cancel in that type of thing. Yeah. And by the way, I only got about 15 seconds or so. Anything on Cuomo? I mean, it just seems like that's kind of gone by the wayside a little bit. Media is moving on to something else. Well, yeah, I find that interesting and um, in some ways, but not really when you take a look at the best strategy sometimes is just to be quiet and things go away. I was just thinking about that the other day, you know, and sooner or later, someone's telling him, ride this out, ride this out. And it sort of has. Yep, that for sure. Joe Weber, uh, good to see you, sir. Thank you very, very much. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, Joe from uh, Secret Undisclosed Location. <laughs> I think I know where he's at. But I'm not going to give it away on the air or anything. All right, uh, tomorrow, Friday, hey, look at this. Uh, the former governor of Texas, Rick Perry, will join us. We've got a lot to talk about with him. See you tomorrow.